Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today's February 2nd and we got some some automotive news to this week. Some really interesting stuff uh, yeah. like car and drivers saying a whole bunch of different things. We'll get to that. Uh, Gordon Murray uh, released their T33, which is like a cheaper alternative, but not so cheap. We'll get to that. Uh, the EV6 printing was announced. That's interesting um, because I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Aston Martin has their most powerful luxury SUV. If you don't think like Tesla. Um, and of course, Koenigsegg has a little motor that they release. That's actually really, really cool. So let's talk about that first. Because, I mean, Koenigsegg, they, they make amazing hypercars right uh but this little motor here it's it's going to propel of course their latest vehicles but it's also like something i could see that they might be able to want to like maybe share with the rest of the world kind of how like i don't you know if you remember but they had a sob uh where no camshafts no camshaft yeah you know that's just you know it's cool tech that koningsegg make it's so pretty crazy engineering that they 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 do, but it's like kind of underappreciated, and they don't really effectively monetize it. It seems. Yeah, they really <laughs> don't. I mean, they did collab with um, uh, ooh, something the Tesla something engineering. I can't remember exactly what they're called uh, on a bunch of like carbon fiber parts on like Tesla Model Threes. Uh, that was kind of cool. It looked pretty nice, but it's also super expensive. But this this motor, we're here to talk about this motor. This motor is amazing. So it's 63 pounds. So it's super, super lightweight. It makes 335 horsepower and 443 pounds of peak torque. That's crazy. The name is cool, too. <laughs> the, the quark motor? Quark and Terrier. <laughs> it's like, I guess it's like just like a high energy small dog <laughs> Terrier. Like, I, I guess that's what it's a small, energetic, and fearless demeanor. It is tiny. Like, it is like hmm, the size of the, the Terrier is the size of it, like a differential, basically. And uh, the, the Quark is. Is that the cork, the little one? The, the cork one? is on the left. Yeah, it's like the size of like a like Couple those of cartoon. Stacked. You know when you in like a cartoon when they 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 have like a film reel and it goes in that case. <laughs> it's the size of a a film reel. It's it's uh, pretty small. Let's be honest. It's it's tiny. This little thing, but the the power to weight ratio in this is phenomenal. Like. If I can get one of these and slap it onto like, you know, any production car, put in some batteries, I can make a pretty amazing EV. <laughs> yeah, because you're saving space, you're making a lot of power and more space for batteries. It just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks absolutely cool. Um the the power that it comes that that is peak power 335 and 443 it doesn't stay there uh it, the power does drop off over time i mean you it, it, you kind of assume it does uh but it's not like it's designed to 
you know, just work by itself, right? It's designed to work with tandem with a few of these motors. Um, I think in their latest supercar thing that they made, they have like three of these mm. along with uh, internal combustion engine to power the vehicle. So like it's it's not going to be the main source of propulsion. But either way, super cool information, like super cool technology uh, from coding seg themselves. Like this, like stuff like this, we need stuff like this and better battery tech to mm -hmm. move into this new EV world. This kind of makes sense to me. Anyways, let's move on to something that's a lot louder. The Aston Martin DBX 707. Yeah, it's like the complete opposite of the Koenigsegg, where Koenigsegg's <laughs> trying to chase efficiency, power, and basically the future. Aston Martin's here like, we need the most powerful thing. We're going to be the Hellcat of luxury SUVs. <laughs> and it's called the 707, but it makes six... 100 something or six six ninety seven um <laughs> oh, 707 ps so okay. it's like yeah it's a different year so it is 707 is yeah it's Fair 900 900 newton meter torque which is 663 pound feet um it's the same four liter twin turbo v8 that you know and love from the regular dbx um the only difference is the turbos have been changed there's a new exhaust system it's been retuned so i mean is anyone really still looking for like a super powerful suv these days like if you really want a quick one wouldn't you just mm -hmm. go electric anyways yeah because 707 sure that's a lot of power but a model s plaid has been you know that's over a thousand and it, it's faster than this yeah so if you want power you go for that if you want sound like an urus is i think 600 or so horsepower yeah rsq 8s around there as well same with the cayenne it's like no one i i mean the argument obviously is oh it's a, it's an arms race you need to you need to one up your 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 buddy or whatever and you just get you know mine's got this plus that you know it's but i don't know i i I don't know if I really see the appeal in something like this. The the Aston Martin SUV to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense either. But <laughs> I mean, Aston Martin, like their entire line is really sexy, right? Like their their cars are always good looking. I don't personally feel the same way about the DBX. I don't think like I, I'm looking at this. I'm like, yes, that's a pretty SUV. Yeah. It's kind of like, like they they made it because they had to make it. Yeah. It, it's it don't get me wrong it's it's certainly nice but i don't think it's the sexiest or the prettiest suv that's on the market yeah i mean they claim that this is going to be the fastest most powerful best handling and most engaging car that's a lot to you know put up against porsche and lambo and ferrari's working on theirs and yeah. it's just i don't know everyone is is diving into this sport luxury suv arena uh Cayenne obviously being kind of the OG of the group and they are the ones setting the Nürburgring records, right? Yeah, so, that Cayenne Turbo GT was pretty quick around the ring, so we'll see if it, uh, this can beat it. Yeah, but I, kinda, I have my doubts. That, <laughs> yeah, They did put 
you know, uh, a few upgrades internally as well. There's a nine speed dual clutch um, compared to, or nine speed wet clutch. I don't know if it's a dual clutch, but it's uh, it just says nine speed wet clutch. So maybe it's not a dual uh, compared to the regular torque uh converted automatic that you get in the regular dbx uh and also there is carbon ceramic brakes 16 and a half inch on the front 15 and a half or 15.4 in the rear those are some big brakes kind of a must-have with the uh, high-powered suv well i mean I tesla doesn't have it tesla also doesn't they're... stop yeah, they're they're kind of paying for that. I think <laughs> Tesla just because it's the number that sells. It's we can do a two and a half seconds zero to sixty. Whether or not you can stop from there, that's uh, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. They they don't upgrade their brakes uh, to match their power output, and that's not just with their SUV. Even the the Plaid, the yeah. performance, like they have slightly better brakes than the fan, uh, like the the base models, but. It's it's not a. It's not you a can actually upgrade. option for carbon ceramics now on the planet though. Yeah, yeah, they they finally made it an option, but it's not it's not so much of an option. It's more like you it's should... not a priority. No, it's really not a priority, and it's like you're paying two hundred thousand for something that doesn't have much going for it, other than the acceleration. To me, that is kind of my take on those. Full self-driving. On the on the plaid, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the DBX, you also get 22-inch wheels as standard. 23-inch uh, is optional, so you can look super ballin' in your Aston Martin. I, there's no real good pictures of the interior, but I'm not a fan of this interior at all. Um, oh, this is download. There's no... There's no good photos of the interior. Uh oh, I have one. But you have one? But like yeah. the only one that they show on their press release is just this one here. Just looking at the center console. The center console, it's like the old Mercedes. Because kind of feels like AMG uh well, GT style interior. Well, the 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 dial is the old MBUX system. I don't think okay. you call it the command. It's got the system. dial flanked with the circular buttons down the middle so it is very mercedes like that um, it's it's lifted from the mercedes because it's the touchpad on top with the dial the command dial right underneath yeah. but even it's, the buttons flanking it is is mercedes hmm. like, yeah yeah the shape like they didn't have to put it that way i get it that the the mouse has to be that way but uh just the way it's integrated is, is quite mercedes um yeah. the shape is the shape is just not it doesn't have the presence like i don't even know how to how to describe it of the interior but it's like it doesn't stand out and doesn't like wow you either um which i think at this price point you you ought to feel a little bit more special it's it's not even about like having like nice material i'm sure the, the materials are great uh and because it's a mercedes system it's probably more user friendly than other more boutique makes yeah whatever uh, it's probably more reliable <laughs> but uh yeah no the shape is just not that doesn't feel expensive i guess no, definitely not it's yeah i i don't know how to feel but like i saw maybe one on the road thus far and 
I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. But yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, mm. I used to know, I used to be very on top of like, okay, this car costs this much, this car costs this much. And I saw the DBX and I see cars like the uh, Levante. And I'm like, I have no idea how much these cars cost because it's, it's, uh, it could be a hundred thousand. It could be 150. It could be 400,000. Like there's just the sky's the limit and it's just whatever it sells for is what it sells for. And it's like, it's one of those things where you're not really looking for the value. The value is in the dollar amount, the MSRP. And it's just, oh, I'm buying this because it's expensive. Uh, and I, like, I can't say, I can't pinpoint exactly where this is price-wise. Uh, whereas, like, something like a, a Rolls-Royce Cullinan, right? Like, that... You know that's not something you can get for two hundred and fifty grand. Like that is yeah, that's that's you five that and you're like, sure. oh, this is <laughs> this is half a million, if not more than that. Yeah. But yeah, I I I, I get confused by cars like the Aston Martin because I'm like, okay, well the tech is hand me down, the engineering is hand me down, the interior is nice, but it's not like that impressive either, uh, and and so it's like where where they price it i really have no idea it just depends how exclusive they want to make it and what people are really willing to pay for it uh well i can tell you exactly how much it costs 235,000 US dollars that seems reasonable i don't i don't even know anymore i don't know how much a Porsche Cayenne Turbo GT a loaded Cayenne is up there yeah yeah then I mean, this is the competition is Porsche Cayenne, yeah, Turbo GT, the Urus. Uh, the Urus. Those Urus are the is main about, two. Is is around two fifty to start, but they they go up from there. So, um, yeah. So it's in that it's in that range. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if Urus is two fifty to start, then this is definitely not that bad, considering that it should be faster and whatnot. And Aston Martin named the Heritage in it. It's, I wouldn't say it's just as good as Lamborghini, but it's pretty, pretty up there. The the Urus has something which is like, it has a very distinct look. I don't think it's a pretty car. I actually don't like the way it looks, but it, you pull up in that and it's like, okay, that's a lot. All eyes like on you. You don't mistake in it for anything. It does grab a lot of attention and it's why all the rappers gravitate towards that. The or Aston. It's is, just because it's a Lambo, like. You just say the name, right? Yes, it's a flex in itself. But an Aston is a flex, too. But I think that the DBX looks a little bit more generic, whereas the Urus is very, very Lambo. Like, you know, people complain, like, oh, well, this is like, it's, you know, it's a Q7, it's a Cayenne, you know. But you, you see it, and you're like, there's no mistaking, like, what it is. Yeah, definitely not. There, speaking of no mistake, if you take a look at this thing, you'd be mistaken in it for some sort of kit car. Uh, because Gordon Murray revealed the, the next vehicle that he has, uh, which is the T33. So it was a little while ago he released a T50. Uh, this T33 is the more affordable variant of the Gordon Murray vehicle collection that you can buy. At only one point eight five million dollars, U.S. dollars. That's 
which is like 5 million Canadian with our conversion rate right now. Uh, I, I, I get it. Gordon you guys Murray, need to Google this T33 Gordon Murray or just type in T33 supercar because it's just words can't describe how underwhelming it looks <laughs> <laughs> because this is a $2 million hypercar thing. Supercar. Supercar, hypercar, whatever you want. It can't go to hypercar category because it's not powerful enough. Okay, yeah, because it's only a 3.9 liter V12 made by Cosworth. Yeah. Uh, I guess the the party piece is that it revs to 11,000. Yeah. Or 10,500 RPM. 10,500 is the red line. It makes 607 horsepower there. That's really not... I mean, the McLaren F1 made that much power. But a three, but at nine thousand RPM, you get peak torque at three hundred and thirty-two. Hmm. I mean, McLaren F one made six eighteen. <laughs> I'm peak torque at nine thousand RPM. This reminds me of driving like an S two thousand. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to rev it out a little bit. Uh, but he did say that I think it was like two hundred and some odd torque or two hundred and something pound feet is around 2500 rpm so it's not as bad yeah. as like you know fully revving it out but you know it's a small v12 right so you're it, it's known to it, you're gonna expect it to rev which of course it does and i'm sure it's gonna sound absolutely insane at eleven thousand rpm but yeah uh it's gonna be available in automatic as well as manual the auto is actually a little bit lighter um, oh, it does, heck? yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have the T50s um, uh, that fan that he has in the back to assist with the aerodynamics and the downforce of the vehicle. Mm. So it's just this is a standard kind of, I wouldn't say road going, but like it's just regular aerodynamics compared to T50s kind of, you know, fan generated ducting type aerodynamics. But yeah, it's a uh, like you said though, it is a little underwhelming to look at. It's it just looks like a car. Uh, yeah, we, we kind of talked about this. The T50 was better. Yeah, the T50 still doesn't look like a two million dollar plus supercar, but it's better. But yeah, we we talked a little bit about this before the show, and you said it kind of looks like a a C4 or C5 Corvette with just someone sticking body panels on it. Um, yeah, yeah, this reminds me of like the early 2000s when we car- we saw cars like the Nobles, the Salines, those type of cars that like they're kind of barn like barn build looking, but like nice-ish, like a Callaway something or other, Hennessy something or other. But those cars were not priced at $2 million. And and the T33 makes no sense because the T50 is is the the big daddy right the t50 is the high-end model that's the one you buy but this is the budget option that's two million dollars like you don't have the flex because oh you bought the cheap one you you couldn't spring for the t50 like at that point what difference does it make why why bother making a cheaper variant because i could buy like every porsche every ferrari or at least like two of each. I can buy a Lambo. I can buy a Ferrari and S and Anna Porsche 
for under the price of this so quote unquote budget variant. Like it just it's so weird and I, I don't really get it. I don't know if it's because Gordon Murray's getting up there in age and people are like, when this guy dies, <laughs> when this guy dies, his delusional pièce de résistance is going to be worth so much. And like, I, I think people, th- there's this culture now where people just, it's not about, you know, traditionally, uh, value base I don't know features like performance or looks like this thing does not perform it can't perform up to a two million dollar level it does not look like a two million dollar car the interior is not that of a two million dollar car the build quality being a small company like a startup basically is not going to be of a two million dollar quality you know it's not a Pagani right like not every you know Pagani say what you will about them but like their their build quality is is insane koenigsegg we talked about them earlier they're they're doing things that you know surpass the mainstream manufacturers as well even though their volume is also very low but a lot of people these days are just looking at things and buying things because they speculate that maybe this is going to hold value. This is because something like this T33, it's so rare that because I just can't imagine anyone buying them that the few that do, they're going to be so rare that they have no choice but to go up in value. And a lot of people that are shopping in this category are probably like, you know, it's just like buying art that, you know, when you buy a painting, that you know, one is like something that you would hang in a museum. One is like a white canvas with a stripe down it, and like, oh, it's three million dollars. And it's just, it's some weird tax slash rich guy thing that it's like, it's very underwhelming, but for some reason, it's worth this much. And you keep, you hang on to it for two years, it's worth even more. And it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird subculture that we obviously don't understand. Sounds like NFTs. It's like, yeah, it's like (laughs) NFTs. And I don't, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to give it more attention than it deserves, but yeah. So here's some more facts about this car that you might be interested in. It weighs 2,400 pounds, which is about 220 more than the T50. Um, Of course, it has less power. The, uh, Auto Trans is nine pounds less than the manual gearbox. So you save nine pounds if you go with the Auto Trans compared to the manual, which is weird to me because Auto's always been heavier. So I don't exactly understand why. Because it's a six speed. This, this manual is probably like a traditional unit lifted from some like get drag or some like mainstream manufacturer whereas like uh, the automatic extract. might be like might be like a like a f1 or like racing unit hmm. which is why you know specifically motorsports derive so yeah um here's something that's interesting it's there's nine cubic feet of luggage room uh you know supercar territory because that's you know how you can tell it's a supercar versus a you know, just a GT. 
And oh yeah, it's tiny. If you don't know, this thing, it, it's, it's the size of a Cayman. Uh, it's actually a little bit bigger than the, uh, the 718 Cayman as the uh, car and driver mm. article has there. So it, it is a very, very small vehicle, but you know, like Justin said, it, it's a, it's a niche vehicle that like only the ultra rich is going to buy and it's going to sit in someone's showroom. Yeah. And I, I, okay. I think I kind of get it in the sense that, okay, the McLaren F1 is now on Obtainium, right? People can't buy them. They're, they're going for $20 million. So they're, they're at the next level. So this is, so what came after the McLaren F1? So this is to follow that, you know, succession, I guess. Obviously, there's a whole McLaren lineup that is more affordable than this and more impressive than this. And is a, to me, it's a bigger flex than this. But everyone is trying to get, like, I want the next of this. And the McLaren is exclusive. The, I mean, sorry, the F1 was exclusive. It was, uh, but it was known. Like, it was a household name in the 90s that, like, everyone had a model of it because that was like the game changer where this isn't. So just because it's built by Gordon Murray and it captures a lot of the same philosophies behind it in 2024, when this is set to release, I just don't think it has the, it, it's, it's not going to captivate a whole generation like the F1. So it's not going to have that, uh, I mean, let's put it this way, right? Everyone jumped on the Lucid bandwagon. Why? Because they saw Tesla explode, right? Like this is like, I'm talking about the stocks here. And Lucid, a lot of people did make money on Lucid uh, in recent history, but everyone was like, I want the next one of this because it's a crazy investment. If you bought an F1 in... 90s dollars or even early 2000s dollars you're making bank today uh you've 10x but i don't know i think everyone is just everyone is so toxic and focused on on dollars and investments that you get really mediocre products like this i feel like <laughs> and it just that's all it, it is like like rolex could make anything and anyone would just buy it like all it needs is to have the, the name on it and people would go and buy it because oh it's gonna be worth more and this is the safest investment i could make like okay but you're <laughs> not you're not actually into the quality or the the timekeeping aspect of it and like same with the supercar you're not into the objective you know measures of what makes a quality supercar yeah rent well the the F1 one of the the biggest things of the F1 was that centralized driving position as well, yeah. uh, which the T50 also has. But unfortunately, the T33 doesn't have that. You're driving the on the T left side. It's <laughs> I like just don't know who this car is for. You're you lose all those aspects. So like, yes, it is a cheaper variant, but I just don't see this becoming like that worthwhile to to kind of hold yeah. on to it's completely unviable as a yeah. supercar because there are just too many good alternatives these days speaking of good alternatives a kia ev6 so <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Perfect segue. The the information that got released today, or actually, I think it was today, uh, are the models. So we we knew the EV6 was coming out. We saw the EV6. We liked the EV6. The I, I think it's a pretty good looking EV, and it's a strong contender compared to the Ionic Five as my next vehicle because. If I'm looking for an EV, I think those two are one of the the, the two vehicles I'm gonna get. Mm-hmm. So they released the the pricing and the uh, trims that you can get. So base price, it's a rear wheel drive standard range, which is 373 kilometers of range, roughly. That's 45,000 Canadian dollars. That already comes with like lane keep assist and a lot of the the driver safety information. It has the standard dash which is like a 12.3-inch infotainment along with the... Is it upside down, though? What's upside down? The dash. Oh. <laughs> eh, we'll worry about that later. The Another 12.3-inch cluster. Like, it looks good. Uh, and it's 45K, like I said. So 45K is pretty good, to be honest, in terms of pricing. It's completely in line with Ionic 5, which also starts at 45K. But the Ionic has one up, which is called the Preferred at 47K. And that one comes with the heat pump, which here in Vancouver, you kind of want. In order for you to get that for the uh, EV6, you have to go with a long range. So 500 kilometer range to get the heat pump. And that's 53,000 Canadian, which is $1,000 more than the long range of the Ionic 5. So once you step up, the key is a little bit more money there. Um, when you want to go all-wheel drive, it's the same price. So it's 55 for the EV6, 55 for the Ionic 5. But then that's Kia, before rebates. And this is before rebates. All, all pricing is before rebates. A lot rebates. of car for the money. Um, but then when you go for the top trim, it, that thing, that's where it kind of, goes a little bit weird because Kia has two top trim. They have a GT line package one and GT line package two. So if you get the package two, then it comes with most of the information that the Ionic 5 comes at. That's at 60,000, which is $2,000 less than the EV6. So it, it comes down to like, you know, which trim you're looking for. Some trims, the Ionic is a little bit better. And the others really, it's the same. Um, compared to the EV6 here, but it, I, okay, this is what I was thinking, like, actually in the afternoon today, a lot of automakers, like mostly German automakers, you're able to get the base engine with the top trim, like Mm. features. A lot of German automakers do that, but like Hyundai, Honda, basically anyone else, they, they don't. You have to step up to the top trim to get the toys. Like, I don't necessarily need 441 kilometers of range. I'm okay with rear wheel drive and 373. But for me, like, I really want a sunroof. I can't get the base $45,000 version. I have to step up to 62000 to get a sunroof. Oh, even the, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I see that. Package two. Yeah. I guess I'm... I, I don't care about a sudden, but of course you don't. Yeah. My son loves looking like any car that has that panoramic roof. He's looking up. He loves it. 
So like the sunroof is almost like a must have. You but go to uh, Home Depot and buy <laughs> reciprocating saw. <laughs> reciprocating saw, some plexiglass, and just DIY. Yeah. I, I might have to end up doing that. I mean, 45K versus 62 to, to step into a sunroof. Yeah, that's annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why the Asian manufacturers love to do this. Is They really force you to step up. Uh, and at 62, it's like, dang, that's Audi... Q4 price, Q4 e-tron price. Yeah, it is. Like it's the entry point of that. And that only tops out at 72, which is pretty reasonable for that that brand of vehicle. This has more power though, I think it was. Um actually no, it's a GT line. It's not I think this is actually about the same. Yeah, I don't expect it to be significantly faster. Now, between the Ionic, I know you're you're talking about how they go back and forth in terms of trims and value. Yeah. Uh, so the trims typically that that's someone's someone in Canada's decision to how to spec them out, how they're gonna how they're gonna bring them into North America or Canada specifically. Like, I know in the states sometimes we don't. They don't get like heated seats in the lower trim, but here you do. Mm. Uh, and just cars are specced a little bit differently here versus in the States. But uh, I think ultimately it will really boil down to styling preference because the, the two cars look very different, which I think is it makes a lot of sense. Uh, whereas like if you see the ID4 and the Q4, they're, they're cousins. Like you can tell those are cousins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as like '90s, like Tahoe and Yukon. Yukon, <laughs> I couldn't remember the name. Like, it's not as yeah. bad as that. Really, just slapping on a grill and calling it a day. But you yeah. can definitely tell. Uh, but like this, like you know, most people wouldn't be able to tell the two vehicles are related. Wait, the EV6 GT can do a three and a half seconds zero to sixty. Yeah, the GT, but this is GT line. That oh, this is get. not even the real GT. No, the real oh. GT comes later. That has like 400 or 500 horsepower. I don't know, something like that. 576. Yeah, it's it's oh. a lot. That's okay. coming later. That's the so really, it's GT. not that impressive. At 60k, it's really you're just paying for the range, which is still respectable. I think I think at that price point, it's still really solid to get an all-wheel drive, you know, loaded. Yeah, I mean, if you if you compare it to let let's say Tesla, I mean, this is technically an SUV, so you should compare it to um, the Y, but maybe the Y standard range. Yeah, but like a three a three standard range is already sixty. So, you know, for the same price, you're getting all-wheel drive, more power, and more range. Yeah, so this is doing a six point two second zero to sixty from what I can see. Uh, more than respectable is a little bit faster than a Q4 e-tron a little bit but you know when you go to dinner party and then you know your friend comes along haven't seen you in a while and say hey what what are you driving these days then you have to say see yeah i i drive a kia but but before you start judging me it's not like it's sixty thousand dollars (laughs) it's you paid 60 for a kia (laughs) That's usually how it goes. <laughs> yeah. But, so like, <laughs> yeah. When you when you say you spend sixty on an Audi, it's like, oh, that's that's 
you know, pretty it's good. Pretty, pretty reasonable. Like yeah. the Q4 is is really well priced. I think the ID4 <laughs> is really well priced, and that's kind of like just a brand value alone. Kia infamously is the knockoff Audi. In many ways. <laughs> it really uh, is and you know they, they purposely did that um i i don't know okay i guess there's a few concerns one is uh actually let's 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 go back to you i mean you, you're you're considering both of these vehicles which one do you prefer styling wise oh it's so hard it's you know, so like hard features of both i for for me i kind of think the ionic style is it's unique it it looks futuristic and i think it will age a little bit better to me um so um you know the movie how to train your dragon <laughs> yes the the ev6 for some reason has that look to me like toothless it has eyes yeah like it has <laughs> eyes and and teeth especially the fangs. the base model because it's that it has that kind of mouth Literally on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so because of that, it to me that's kind of cute. I like that. Um, so I don't. But the Ionic, okay. So unless you step up to the top trim on the Ionic, uh, it comes with this black plastic cladding on the side, and it just doesn't look as good compared to the top ultimate trim, where you get that in silver, and you get the uh, the the lights on the grill, like it just looks a lot better when you step up to the top trim. Ionic, yeah, I don't I mind the black cladding. <sighs> There's something about the black cladding that doesn't look that great to me on the Ionic. I just, I, see. I so just the don't reason feel it. I like the Ionic Five styling, I think, I think, is subconsciously all these years, like throughout the 2000s, I always looked at the JDM cars, like the K cars or the little minivans that they would get. Um, and it just it reminds me of that like neo futuristic like era like just post two thousands when everything was boxy and LED and like just that generation that we never got here in North America and that to me is why I think I have an attraction to the Ionic because it just reminds me of that what. In 2000s, we thought a futuristic car looked like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very pixely, like the headlights, taillights, like everything is kind of this blocky pattern that's inside. It does look really good, and in person, I I don't mind it at all. Yeah, but the EV6 just looks more like a car. It does. Um, it's more traditional. It's got curves to it. Yeah, it's less robotic. And then the, the back organic. end on the EV6, I think that's where I like it the most. It's polarizing. I think the back end is it's going to win people and it's going to lose people. Like, yeah, it definitely will. Because that kind of piano key style taillight is definitely not everyone's kind of cup of tea. But And the mustache handlebar thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely not everyone's thing. But I, I personally do like it. I think it's so unique and so different. Um, as for the interior... It's kind of a mixed bag because the EV6 comes with, it looks like the at least the GT model comes with really nice seats. Hmm. And I like how the dash kind of wraps around you. Uh, I like the, the black bezels for a yeah. while. We were talking yeah. about it earlier this week. And the Ionic, <laughs> just the white, the thick, thick white bezel is just not a 
that is also the 2000s look that I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's like, remember like the Sony Vio, Veo laptops in like the early 2000s that they would have those funky colors, a lot of white, gloss white plastics, first yeah. generation Android tablets. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the center console on the EV6 is more traditional, which I also like compared mm-hmm. to the Ionic. Because Ionic has nothing in the middle. It's basically just a sliding tray, essentially. Now, I'm wondering, okay, did they compromise by, you know what, we got to make these two cars very different, as different as we can with the same engineering underpinnings. And I feel like there's just a lot of give and take with both. There's like, we like a little bit of this on this car. We like a little bit of this on... I feel like, is there still room for two brands like this because not many people are still doing it right like not in the sense that you know obviously like a lexus and a toyota that's that's different we're talking about like i don't know a scion xd versus a yaris and it's just like but both are mediocre in that case but (laughs) i I don't know i don't even know what to it's like the gm badge engineering of the 90s and 2000s and I don't know if it's necessary to have two brands, two separate marketing departments, you know, it just, it's a lot of expense and it's like, could you really just get away with making one? But now that both brands have so much traction, like over the last two decades or well, maybe specifically the last maybe one decade, I guess, is there, they've made so much uh, stride in terms of market share and who they really are. Both brands have a respectable identity, but I'm just wondering, like, would we have been better off just having one brand to begin with? Well, like, don't don't forget. Go back. Don't don't forget. There's also the Genesis GV60 that is exactly the same as well. Well, no, you see, Genesis, I'm okay with. Like, I don't think that the kind of that has a direction, right? Well. Not the GV60, which we talked about before, <laughs> because it's like, this is the luxury version, but it looks the cheapest out of the three. It does. Um, but the Genesis brand still makes sense, but it's just like, okay, these two, they're getting a little bit too close. And it's just, it's confusing to buyers. And it's just, if we could pool our budget together and just make one set of sheet metal and interior trims, it would cost cost a lot and they could really undercut some of the Japanese competitors, German competitors. It's whoever. yeah. So it's I, definitely possible. I think this car is that that really polarizing one. It just I don't think people need like a sporty one and a more classical version, which is kind of what Hyundai Kia is. Um I don't know if you guys can hear my dogs are fighting underneath. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry. We can we can definitely hear oh, them. No. But yeah, I I that is kind of my dilemma with the Ionic brand and the Kia brand is like I I feel like something's got to give at one point we're just going to be like hey, let's put our money towards uh engineering, I think. Because I I do want to say um you know, you had a Kia before, and I'm surprised you would go back. <laughs> it was it was a really bad dealer experience. I, I don't want to go back to that dealer ever again. 
but the brand itself has been fine, other than you know that engine was supposed to grenade on me. Uh, but that's well, and fine. That was a whole generation of <laughs> Hyundai Kia buyers, right? Like that's not you're not you're not the anomaly there. I think. No. Uh, let me just I, eliminate the. I I, I bought that car simply because of the design. Mm-hmm. So I had a 2011 uh, Optima, which was uh, redesigned in 2010 by Peter Schreier from Audi. And I went for it because of the looks and everything you can get. It was 2011 and I had heated and cooled seats up front, heated seats in the back, panoramic sunroof. Those are things that were just like astonishing to me. I was driving at that time a 99 Honda Accord. Yeah. Well, and the styling was so good that it could it kept up for 10 years almost yeah. that car you know whereas camry accord like they all changed design even the sonata changed significantly over that 10 year span yeah sonata changed like every two years somehow <laughs> um again it's like where is this money going could this money be better spent had we just done it right and like left it uh, <laughs> you know um but yeah, because you're not the only one with kind of concerns about Hyundai Kia engineering and reliability, right? Like they have a decent warranty, but like even yesterday, I literally had a customer bring in a Kona electric and they're like, yeah, um, I had like, she had a battery issue. Well, she came in for a dash cam yesterday, but the battery issue she had a few months ago, unrelated we uh, before she ever came into us, but the the battery was replaced under warranty for that electric and it was 16,000 like under warranty but it's a $16,000 repair and it's like mm-hmm. what if i'm out of warranty right like i'm hooped for that and it's yeah. like the, the problem is Hyundai Kia was were not that upfront with how bad their turbo engines were until like Social media had no choice but to expose them. They're firing people left, right, and center this last year for sharing that because, like, they would make a TikTok of their their dealership. You know, if you're a tech worker at dealership, oh, uh, yeah, are all that. occupied because when you pull an engine out of a car, guess what? It's stuck there until your your replacement's in. Uh, which, you know, there had so many cases where ECUs were dying, engines were dying, and it's just like just graveyards of warranty claims and these are not small warranty claims and it's just like that to me is my biggest concern with hyundai kia is can they make a sustainable vehicle (laughs) that i can have for 10 years the good news is there's no turbos on these (laughs) (laughs) but like i said they haven't had the best of luck with their kona electric already yeah uh i didn't even know that but i'm like dang that that's not a good start and i feel like there is some quality control oversights with this brand like the upside down dash oh yeah (laughs) they issued a recall so in other news in other hyundai kia news uh this week they issued a recall because some models i think maybe a santa fe that the the the, the dash decided to just flip upside down. Apparently there's software bugs. Like Honda has a bug right now because of the, the year, month, and day is 0202 oh, 2022. Yeah. And like your clock gets stuck or something and you just gotta wait until it 
fixes yeah. itself. My, my parents' uh, RDX has that problem right now. Yeah, so there's like random soft, like Y2K level bugs that really shouldn't be happening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, upside down speedometer and stuff is kind of trippy. But yeah, I just feel like there is a lot of potential for, I don't know. It's just, you really got to do it right. And you got to build confidence in your buyers. And I feel like they've already offended a whole generation and chunk of the market share. Um, and their cars are not that cheap anymore. That's the other thing. Really not. Well, let's move on to the final thing here, which is car and driver's editor's choice. The best new cars, trucks, SUVs, and minivans. So car and driver released this on February 1st. And, uh, Let's just say some of these things are some of the cars that they selected is a little controversial, and yeah, it's just kind of weird. So the but... the whole editor's choice thing. Okay, the reason I wanted to bring this topic up is because some manufacturers, like Stellantis, uh, I think VW as well, like a few different manufacturers, started bragging about, "Hey, we're featured on Car and Drivers," you know, editor's choice list. But the editor's choice list is not like Motor Trend Car of the Year. Or, or any or kind of best. car of the year or 10 best. It's just like, it's not very limited. Like each category, like each segment has multiple vehicles and you're not necessarily in the best company sometimes. Like, I don't know. Like there's a few things that stand out to me, but you can check out the list on car and driver. Um, but we'll go through some of the ones that stand out to us, I guess. Um, I mean, okay. so. I'm going to start right from the beginning. Compact SUV, they pick four. Hyundai Kona, Kia Soul, CX-30, and the Volkswagen. SUV. Oh, subcompact, yes. And the Volkswagen Taos. Um, the the Soul's not really an SUV, let's be honest. It's... Hey, it's more of an of like SUV than the Kona. It's kind of a hatchback. Kona's pretty much a hatchback as well. The CX-30, yeah. I get why that's there um but it's it's expensive and they don't say that it's the cx30 it's it's pricey when you start to add on especially that turbo motor it's it's pricey for what it is uh because it doesn't really compete in that subcompact segment anymore it's more of a that luxury subcompact and then the taos i haven't driven the taos so i can't really say much about it i have the Kona has actually. a lot of potential like i've seen the reviews it makes sense to me that it would be on there but yeah, I I have the Kona this week, and between the Kona and the Seltos that the Kia has, which is Kia's version of the Kona, the Seltos is better because Seltos can actually carry people inside. Hmm. The Kona's tiny. The Seltos yeah. actually makes more sense. Yeah, so the Seltos should be on there. Kicking tires, you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> we are better at making lists than <laughs> car and driver. Uh, Moving on. <laughs> subcompact luxury SUV. So they have the X1, the X2, and the XC40. The XC40, I get. It's pretty good. X1 is it's basically a, a BMW face on a mini Cooper Countryman thing. X2, no. I don't think the X2 should be there. The X2 makes no sense. Like, X1 is dated, but there just isn't that much competition here. But I don't know who at Audi pissed them off because 
I would pick a Q, I would put a Q3 here before I put an X2 in here. The the Q3 um I actually suggested one of my friends to buy a Q3 because yes. I found out exactly how much it was and I was and how much standard features you get and I was astounded by how much you get for the the base Q3. Yeah. And I was like you can't go wrong. You literally can't go wrong with the Q3. Yeah, the X2 on the other hand gets quite expensive. Uh, you don't get very much standard at all, and yeah, it doesn't. To me, it doesn't make sense to have. Okay, it doesn't make sense to me to have three cars in this category because the whole segment has maybe five cars. <laughs> so sixty percent of the market is the best, quote unquote. I, I would, and honestly, I would say the GLB is is probably the one I would pick. Simply because of just the practicality that you can get with the GLB mm. and how quirky it looks. The engine isn't any better or worse than the others. Um, but they're all if okay. I, yeah. Like, but if I was to pick something in that segment, I think the GLB would probably be higher on the list. Higher than an X2 for sure. So higher than someone X2. Someone at X1. Audi and someone at Mercedes may have pissed someone off a car and driver, but <laughs> that's only the beginning of this list because. That's oh, not the, consistent with the rest of this list. The, the next lineup is the best. So compact SUVs. So there are seven here. <laughs> How Wait, many compact SUVs can you even think of? We got the Bronco Sport, the CRV, the Tucson, the CX5, the RAV4, RAV4 twice. hybrid. Yeah, it's that good. It's on here twice. And the Tiguan. So, okay, what's not on here? So Nissan the, Rogue. The Nissan Rogue, the Kia. Um, what is it called? Uh, Sportage. But the reason why that's not on there because the new one isn't out yet, and the old one it's 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 been like five years. So I get that. What else? You got Honda, Forester, Ford. The Forester, Forester is a really good. <laughs> like they just good. they just upgraded it a little bit. Uh, the the Escape's not on here, which I mean. I would personally take the Escape Bronco Hybrid is, is solid though. Escape Hybrid is good, and they have the plug-in hybrid if you don't yeah, want all-wheel drive. Like the CRV is so old now. Like, how is this still on this list? No, the CRV uh, shouldn't be here. I, I don't know. This this list is 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 it boggles my mind. The, the um, Tucson but, I get. The Tucson's pretty good. But uh, I Bronco get. Sport I get. <laughs> seven seven top picks in a segment of ten. Yeah. 11 cars again 60 percent passed and are top picks. Um, the <laughs> they put cx5 on here but for the lows they don't put how small it actually is the cx5 how is, bad it is on gas yeah, that's fine no one cares about gas um but <laughs> the cx5 is laughably small in the rear seats like mm. comparing to the rest of that segment yeah, especially a forester really like how do you overlook the forester like the forester is <laughs> is quite the leader in it but i yeah. can't well the engine is really slow in the forester the, the engine uh, is bad let's let's be honest but yeah is it but overall as like a car it is like a good car it's reliable it's reasonably efficient it's huge inside yeah. it's very capable off-road for yeah. what it is <laughs> and it's like well priced and has amazing residual value. Like you can't go wrong with a Forester. <laughs> no, you. you and it's can. not in there. Like, yeah. and you know, the we're other not one Subaru that... fanboys either. But... You know, the other one we like, the Outlander, is also not on here. Yeah, it's just 
Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's move on from that. Compact luxury SUV. <laughs> first one. All right. I, the I'll first one has to be a joke. <laughs> or they just they're just paid off by Stellantis because Alfa Romeo Stelvio Quadrifoglio is their compact luxury SUV. They probably sold like ten of these in Why? North America last year. It's like who? No one buys this car, and this should not be on any list. Uh, like, I I get it. I I love to drive it myself. It it was a great vehicle to drive, but I would never tell any of my friends to buy one. No. That's that's not no the and then they put the X3 GV70 GLC Porsche Macan XC60. What what else is there? There's not much. I don't know if your your favorite the uh, Buick Envision. No, that's not that's not that part list, of luxury SUV. That's just compact SUV. That's just compact. Okay, yeah. but that is. You know, if okay, if say the Buick and that's too oddball. You put the Stelvio Quattrofolio in there, like that's not really oddball. The Audi Q5 could have been on there again. Who had Audi pissed off car and driver? Because <laughs> they they picked the most, the only other choice, which was the Quattrofolio, mm-hmm. over your Q5. And there's nothing wrong with the Q5. There's really nothing wrong. The interior is gorgeous. The car is so well built. The two liter is efficient. It's it's smooth. It's powerful. It's quiet. Uh, <laughs> I can't yeah, fault I, that car very much. And they're not even priced poorly. <laughs> it's it's really not. Like the I get the GV70. The GV70 is good. The X3, the update made it a little bit better. I, I don't think all of the X3 is in there. The M40, yes, but the base engine didn't get an upgrade. Uh, the GLC is so old now that I just don't think it should be here. Macan, you know yes. what? They probably, um, they probably like. Well, we didn't put the GLC coupe in here or the X4 in here. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> th- that should be another segment of dumb, useless cars that no one should buy. Just don't buy this. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Mid-size SUVs. Another great section here filled with how many cars? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine nine vehicles. Nine top picks. Like, man, what is not a top pick these days? And like, where do you draw the line? Like, I feel like you really should have maybe two in each segment. Like, that should be the cap. I'm going to go over these one by one because these are are great. So a mid-size SUV for Bronco. Okay. Okay. I'm okay with that. Right? You're you're good with that? Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. yeah. All right. Honda Passport. <laughs> what? No. For for like a tad more money you can get the pilot, which is a much better vehicle. It's you in get... the same segment too. That's what that's yeah. what boggles are <laughs> No, don't get the passport. Is it right? even more money? It's it's a little bit more money. It it is. Yeah. But no, the passport should not be in here. Even in their own verdict, they're like, it's not particularly special. <laughs> like, <laughs> unremarkable driving experience. Like, yeah. This is in your top pick. And then their verdict. The passport is a very practical and nicely equipped mid-size SUV, you but know what's it's also not particularly practical? special. You know what's better and practicality and equipment? The pilot. The pilot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the passport really shouldn't yeah. be in here. Palisade. I, I get it. The Palisade's mm-hmm. pretty good overall. So I'm fine with that. No arguments there. No. Santa Fe, the update, 
did do it pretty well. I like the hybrid versions of it. I'm okay with that. Jeep Grand Cherokee. Yeah, the new one on paper looks really good. Haven't seen one in, in person, so not too sure. Yeah, you saw the Grand Cherokee L. Yeah, the Grand Cherokee L, which is the next thing on the list. Also, good vehicle. Very so I'm okay impressive. with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, Kia Sorento. Uh, Sorento is, is okay. I feel like the Santa Fe is a better vehicle overall than the Sorento. Yeah. Um, because they really like Kia in this list. They do. Because they, they really like the Hyundai and Kia. They also have the Telluride in here. Yeah. Telluride, once again, very similar to the Palisade. I get it. And then they have the CX-9, which I know you're not a big fan of in terms of a midsize SUV. I do like the way that it drives, the way that it looks. But I must admit, if I'm suggesting it to a three, like someone that needs a three-row SUV, it's not going to be someone. It's definitely not on my the top of my any list. Uh, they left out the Highlander Hybrid, which I feel like, come on, like that thing, that thing's sales numbers speak for itself. Yeah, the, the Highlander is much better than a Passport, that's for sure. Yeah, and <laughs> like who? I think Toyota just doesn't care. <laughs> and so they probably went to Toyota. Hey, want to pay us a little bit of payola and we will put you on our list. Toyota's like, we have no problem selling our cars. As <laughs> I don't need <laughs> your why list. Don't you go, why don't you go ask Mazda if they want <laughs> your advertising budget? I, I don't need your list. Yeah. <laughs> mid-size. It. All right. Mid-size luxury SUVs. Uh, there's four of these. So they got the X5 the GV80, the Cayenne, and the XC90. Mm, good good, good spec there. I, I don't think I would disagree. Okay, so they left out they left out no. Audi, they left out Range Rover, they left out uh, Mercedes. Yeah. I think I know for a fact that Volvo did pay for advertising on their page. Mm. Because when you go to when you click on electric vehicles on car and driver before it yeah. wasn't just a blank it was an xc40 because mm, the xc90 is not I, that competitive anymore no. like i think this body style when it came out was kind of special yeah four years ago but they haven't really moved the needle <sighs> so far like the infotainment was decent back in the day, but now it's like kind of dated. For 2022, uh, I think it's updated to Android Auto now. Not oh, Android Auto. Oh, the it's Android, an Android-based o- system. OS, yes, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Like XC90, I don't have any problems with it, but in that competitive segment, there are the better GLE options. The GLE is very nice. The GLE is uh, okay. It has some like a lot of Mercedes that I've been driving, they have just like materials inside that creaks and rattles mm. it just doesn't feel i don't like... think i don't think that is on the that is on the criteria for this like based <laughs> on this list so far. i don't even know what the criteria is I, for this the list. criteria is so random but like okay if you want like a good luxury suv like range rover reliability is typically not on the list like it's not it's not really like a review criteria necessarily so i feel like not having a single land rover range rover model is kind of a missed opportunity uh i don't know yeah i wouldn't mind a discovery i mean and then uh full-size suv i mean it's clear who paid off car and driver and who didn't because 
There's <laughs> three three spots for full size SUV, and all three yeah, are the you same got the car: <laughs> suburban, Tahoe, and the Yukon. I mean, they're all the same. I think the Yukon and Yukon XL is just labeled under the Yukon. Maybe that's why it's they don't have another spot for the Yukon XL. If they XL. had a fourth spot, they would have been the Yukon XL. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, whatever. I mean, like when it comes to full-size SUV, let's be honest. There's these, the Expedition, and then these. How Sequoia. you know that they paid them off is if we wait for 2023's list to come out and the Sequoia is not on there, then you can guarantee it's been GM paid their way on. <laughs> because if you if you have these three on there and the Sequoia's not on there, then yeah, you're yeah. you're definitely missing the plot. For the full size luxury SUV, you got the X7. Only one. <laughs> yeah. So you only got one, and it's just the X7, which you know what? I've driven the GLS 63 as well as an Alpina X7. I must agree. Like the, the BMW is they, they definitely did it better. They definitely did better than the GLS did. We're a Range Rover, though. But for full size, they don't really have a three row. The full size Range Rover. Well, it doesn't say three row. Oh, that's true. That's true. And then Lexus just released again. Toyota, what did you, who did you face <laughs> off? Because the LS600 just came out like, like a huge upgrade on the LS600, which yeah. I guess would be a full-size luxury SUV, no? It should be. It should be, yeah. And that thing is is nice. Uh, Not as nice as the next 7 according to Car and Apparently, apparently. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the compact pickup truck, there are only two available in the market, so let's put <laughs> both of them in here. <laughs> I don't know what... Okay, because they, they had to have created this list and, like, how many spots there are this year because the compact pickup truck didn't exist last year. So they made this... They decided, let's make this a new category yeah. and let's just put everything put in them. <laughs> Put both of them in there. They're, they're these only... are the only cars available. It, uh... I can't the, argue with yeah, either they're, because they're both on there. I mean, they're both... I haven't driven the Maverick, but from what I've seen so far, the Maverick looks good. The Santa Cruz I did like, but as a pickup truck, it's it's so useless as a pickup. Like, it it, it needs to do more as a pickup uh, to, to be <laughs> the, an actual pickup. The mid-size but... pickup truck... For mid-size pickup truck, there's only one. Yeah. Ironically. So it's like, combat pickup <laughs> truck is a new non-existent segment. And there's two in there. Mid-size pickup truck, hugely popular segment. Only yeah. one. Only like, one. It's a hugely because the Tacoma <laughs> sells really well. They sell a decent amount of gladiators. They sell a lot of GMs, the Colorado and the uh and the Canyon. They sell a decent amount of Rangers. More so, way more so than a Maverick or Santa Cruz. Yeah. Like the segment is is a hundred <laughs> times bigger, but there's only one in this category. Why? Because Honda paid, because whoever put the passport on this list also put the ridge, put the line, ridge on line on list. the list. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the ridge line, but I feel like there should be at least one other truck on this list. All right. And the ridge line is not the standout I, I, in this category. I gotta say, I love the ridge line. All right. I do as well. All right. It's a great midsize pickup truck for dumb, someone that doesn't need a truck. All right. It really is. But when you have a mid-sized pickup truck market and you're like an auto magazine aimed for the U.S. market, 
you have to put something that's an actual pickup in here. Let's be honest. Yeah, like the actual one that people consider when they when yeah. they are shopping in this segment. Again, Tacoma, Gladiator, Ranger, Fr- the Colorado. Frontier, the brand new Frontier, Frontier. The brand new These are all like decent contenders and yeah. you've only left room for one. Again, Toyota, who did you piss off? Because <laughs> All right, full-size pickup truck. We got the F-150. We got the Raptor. We got the 1500. And we got the TRX. So essentially, we got Stellantis and Ford. Yeah. Chevy didn't make this list. Yeah, they didn't pay it off enough. Yeah, they can only afford the SUV segment. Even though they're basically the same truck, their SUVs are really good. Their trucks are not so good, even yeah. though they updated their truck. Uh, maybe, maybe because... For- the interior wasn't updated for until 2022. Maybe that's why. This is a 2022 list, though. Okay. I retract my statement. Because um... it's the new Raptor. The It's mm. the new Raptor. It's the new TRX. It's the new F-150 hybrid. So the Silverado does have the update. Yeah, um, they did get the update for 2022. But <laughs> let's not give it any... Any spots yeah. of GM here? It doesn't make sense <sighs> to put the TRX the least relevant. Like, why is the TRX even on here? Because it's such a no one who needs the full size pickup truck is buying a TRX. That it's it's strictly a toy, and it's such an expensive one at that. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. It's it's the best thing ever. When, <laughs> when I when I drove it, it was it showed me eight miles per gallon. I, I yeah, don't... See, the problem with this list is that it, it by including these they're excluding others and that implies that a trx is a more sound choice than a 2022 silverado it, or it the sure new is. tundra again the tundra that just got the no. huge update the, the tundra is garbage compared again, to my trx toyota, who, what did you do toyota <laughs> does, does the tundra have 707 horsepower it doesn't. That's why it's not on this list. Moving on. <laughs> we got the heavy-duty pickup truck winner, which is the Ram 2500. No Silverado, no Ford. I I, I don't I know I don't much know enough about, about heavy duty. Yeah, I, I really don't. I just know that there's three of them, and they all have this towing war, which can tow more than, like, a million thousand pounds or whatever. That's all I know. <laughs> I know they have the Cummins diesel, which I guess people really like. Yeah, the city van. City van. <laughs> a what, segment what? of one. Is there anything else other than the like ProMaster, maybe? The ProMaster no. is more like a full-size van. Two, transit, uh, the small 250. Transit Connect is not really a city van. It's more like... It's a cargo van. Like, yeah. With okay, skipping city it. van, because I, again, I just don't have any input there. Yeah, but it's a minivan. Metris. Minivan is also a very <laughs> egregious, like, it's so obvious that they really, really don't want to put Toyota on here. And I would, I'm going to flip through, the, I'm going to pick up a car and driver magazine and flip through to see if there's any ads for Toyota. Because, <laughs> because there is no way you have a top minivan list and you don't include the sienna instead they put the odyssey on there which is so dated the carnival which is it's okay like it's a decent van but it's like i would still pick a sienna over it. yeah i the pacifica i get 
it's very expensive though for the the model that I like. Um, the Odyssey, like you said, it is it is pretty dated. I actually have a 2022 Odyssey booked. I want to see if that was you know any improvements. It still the years. uses double the fuel as a Sienna. Oh, absolutely. That and, that is the thing that like, how can you not put that on there? And it's okay. So Tundra, I kind of get it. Borderline, it was like 2010, 2020. Like you didn't have a production model to review yet. But Sienna's been out for a while now. Yeah. Like, there's no reason you don't include that. And I think this is the most obvious list or category that they're purposely messing <laughs> with Toyota. Now. Yeah, just leaving Toyota out for sure. Yeah. Uh, full-size van, they have the Ford Transit. I got nothing to say about that. I'm sure you don't have anything neither. <laughs> and then you have the electric vehicles, the electric SUVs. Not electric cars, mind you. Because I guess there's... That's really- a different segment. That's a different segment. There's no of electric one. cars. There is yeah. one. There's Tesla Model 3. It's the Model it. 3. It's, there's only one. Uh, so but electric, electric SUV basically got, put everything in here. You got the Mustang Mach-E, the Ionic 5, the Kona Electric, and the ID4. The EV6 isn't on here because it's not something that you could attain. The Ionic 5 is on sale first, which is why I made the list. Is a Bolt EUV an electric SUV? Kind of, I guess. Because it's, it's classified as a SUV. So the Bolt isn't on here. I mean, because it's probably up in flames somewhere. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, that's really it. I think they put just about everything they could I mean, in there. The only thing that else is like the Tesla, but you can kind of consider that as a luxury. That might be luxury. By, yeah. by Model Y price, it, it's luxury now. Yeah, 100K, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's more than Audi the the Q4 so it is yeah. uh Nero is not really an SUV nor is it that competitive okay fair enough there's there's not really anything to yeah. compare here MX30 <laughs> no I'm just kidding no let's if they put on. the MX30 on here then we know this list Maz- is full of crap <laughs> yeah no MX30 I stand yeah. by that car it's it's fine for certain people not for a lot certain people that like if you live in a vacuum like, if you don't know that anything else exists, perfectly fine. But because other vehicles exist and money is interchangeable. There's actually really good incentives on the uh, MX-30. <laughs> I, I learned that from a dealer locally. You're going to buy? <laughs> no, no. I just, I asked because I have a friend at a local dealer. I was like, hey, I know, you know, the MX-30 isn't going to be doing that well because of the price. They're like, we got incentives. And essentially, with the tax rebates and everything, you can probably get one, maybe, maybe around 30. Uh, Find me another. I still don't want it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. Luxury electric SUV. Uh, BMW iX, which you can't get. Not yet anyways. I haven't seen one in the road. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> Why is the iX on here? <laughs> I, I don't get it. I mean, it's it's technically there should be either I think the because Tesla. They couldn't put all Tesla. They didn't put any Tesla. No, they Tesla's in other parts of this list. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, there's wait. There's they're they're on there twice actually. There's oh there's more cars underneath. Oh I didn't. There's know. there's a lot of cars. This list of I, the quote unquote best cars includes eighty percent of the cars on the market minus Toyota. I yeah. 
I only went through half the list and I thought the, the page was the over list because is I saw so long like they, they literally included everyone all but, right uh, I, I'm gonna skip so it's IX Rivian R1T fine all right subcompact what are you giving me Hyundai Accent and Kia Rio those are the only two on the market the Sentra Sentra's not a subcompact oh right Versa do they still make the Versa they make sedan? a Versa sedan yeah oh but I guess that's how memorable it is. Yeah. All right. Subcompact, right. fine. Compact car, Honda Civic, Civic Si, Mazda 3, Elantra N. Not the regular Elantra, mind you. Oh, you, you rolled it in with Sport Compact. So there's a Sport segment oh, and there's a Compact a, segment. Oh, okay. So Compact car, only the Civic and Mazda 3. Uh, I'm okay there. with that. I'm okay but, with that. Those are the two best in the segment. Let's be honest. You, no one's going to buy a Sentra. No one's buying Corolla. We can tell by your view counts, Jimmy Mac reviews. Like <laughs> that's your most popular video, isn't it? Not? Like, <laughs> it, it's 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 doing very well. I'm and very I happy about even as a Toyota fanboy, I have no qualms about them leaving the Corolla out of this list because <laughs> the Corolla is hot garbage. So I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, there's nothing really else, right? Yeah, there's really uh, Elantra. Eh, it's kind of whatever. Anyways. Moving on. Subcompact. Civic SI. Sport Compact. Sport Compact. What did I say? Subcompact. (laughs) Dyslexic. They included every model possible. Civic SI, Elantra N, Veloster N, GTI, Golf R, GLI. So two of the cars have the same engine. Three of the cars have the same engine. There's really only three cars, but they couldn't narrow it down to three cars they had to put six and just stretch it out we put the elantra and the blaster in here we'll put the gti r and the gli in here and it's like okay you're really like grasping at straws here sport compact i think that's really what else is even wrx segment oh yeah who subaru too you know what it's because toyota owns part of subaru (laughs) they're they're (laughs) mad at that part they're like no you're because I would take list. a WRX over a GLI. Mm, I looked at GLI pricing. It's super attractive. WRX pricing you, is good too. So not WRX a, lease not rates a, are really good. But yeah, like if you're not talking about leasing, if you're talking about like just the price of a GLI, is ridiculous mm. how good a GLI is. So I can kind of understand, but I would replace the WRX with the Veloster N because I don't think Veloster N really deserves the space here. <gasps> Veloster N is so fun. It's it's fun, but for the price that you're paying for a Veloster N, it's not <laughs> worth it because it's priced higher than the GTI and it's priced almost the same as a Golf R. And the next segment is a funny one too because it's like, there are, again, there's only like four choices and there's Room for three in entry luxury entry, compact. luxury compact car. So they have the A three compact sedan two series, but they have the the two series is like the rear wheel drive, not the brand coupe. The, the coupe, the two door version, um, not the front wheel drive base. So uh, they coupe. don't have the Mercedes, the A class in here, and the CLA. Which, honestly, I would take an A over a two series and it's like the a3 and the s3 are the same car so why go through that length to exclude it yeah uh i i don't know like this feels this feels shady to me yeah too 
yeah. family sedan, they got the Accord, the Sonata, the K5. So obviously missing Toyota. Mm-hmm. But I kind of get it. The Camry's pretty old, right? Uh, also missing the... The Accord is pretty old too. Not as, a, not as old as the Camry though. The Camry's older for sure. Um, also missing Legacy. The Legacy is actually decent, but who's buying a Legacy these days? Altima. Alt- no one's buying the Altima. No one's buying the Altima. Altima is actually not bad. It's not bad, but in Canada, it's got big Altima energy. I don't know if you follow. There's this like Facebook group. It's like big Altima energy or something, and it's just like ratchet ass Altimas. It's worth it's worth checking out. All right. Facebook group to check out. Yeah. Uh, and then you got the entry luxury car. I don't have, understand and why. The entry know. point is 60K. <laughs> so they got the A5, 3 Series, and G70. Once again, leaving out the C Class, which the C Class, yes, there's C Class is the oldest in the class. Yeah, there's an update, but it's not out yet. It's not out. That one is fair. Yeah. Uh, did they leave? They left the IS out, which. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Yeah. TLX, does that count? No. I no. I don't think it it's should not be. up to par with the Germans. How about the Q50? No. Oh no. Q50. Okay. I don't even know why I mentioned that. <laughs> Q50. Do, do they still sell those? Uh sports today, your favorite, the Alpha Romeo Julia Quadrifolio. Oh, okay. No one buys this, but Stellantis paid to have three of their trucks in the full size <laughs> truck segment that were all the same truck. So let's uh, cut them some slack here. And then they got the M3, M4, CT4, V Blackwing as mm. sports sedans and sports coupes. Oh, and the Mercedes C43. They've I like mingled the them in there. The C43 to me is. is I like I the guess 40... because there's no competitor. I like, like the Audi's kind engine. of abandoned it. The 43 engine is nice. The yeah. shape is not bad, yeah. um, but it's old. It's old. Uh, I feel like okay. I guess coupe they have to be like two plus two though. Yeah. Okay. What were you thinking? The Supra. Oh, but the Supra is actually on this list. I did oh, okay. look through this list, so I was thinking. Uh, Actually, like I wouldn't mind the like a uh, 440i. It's too ugly. <laughs> the, but the M4 is on here. The M4 looks way better. No, no, no. The M4 in person looks way better than a 440i. Just because it has the same grill, but it's got more aggression to back it up. All right. Um, this yeah, Cadillac doesn't make anything. Infinity, the Red Sport. If you uh, the count Q60 it. really doesn't like it. Looks good, but no. The TT is so no. old, but it's like yeah. All right, premium sports sedan. You got the RS7, M5, CT5V Blackwing. Okay, the CT5V Blackwing picture looks like it's out of Forza Motors. <laughs> it's drifting is that just around. me? Yeah, it's no. just the way that it's rendered. No, uh, I have no real complaints on it. I don't think there is. Actually, is there yeah, one right. obvious car that they left out? Uh, sports sedan? Sports sedan. Premium sedan. sports sedan. Premium. Okay, so it's not really so, premium so much. It's like bigger. Big body, yeah. Size. Yeah. I don't think would so. A, would, a, would a Panamera be? Eh. No, I think that would be. 
another it's a very confusing list yeah it's it's a very confusing list and i don't see how this adds any value to anyone who's like shopping in this segment or in the like in the market for a car like oh i'm gonna only look at what car and driver tells me to uh mid-sized luxury car (laughs) mid-sized luxury car they have the a6 a7 genesis g80 mercedes e53 mercedes e-class so basically everyone other than bmw yeah i feel like you you pay to play in this list because mercedes like you know what we don't really care the c-class sells itself people who want it will buy it GLE sells itself. The E-Class is one of these cars that maybe doesn't sell itself. So let's pay to have it on here twice. Because I would have thought an E53 fell under the E-Class umbrella. but Oh, E53 because it's under the Mercedes-AMG name, not Mercedes-Benz name. Oh. It's different. But they didn't put the AMG GT four-door on here, which kind of would make more sense Ugh. as like a different, actually a different model. <laughs> um, confusing. Um, then they have full-size luxury car. This one, they, they have A8. Who, who ever thought to buy an Audi A8? Someone who doesn't know Lexus exists. <laughs> like G90, fine. S-Class. S-Class, it's the gold standard. Yeah, You totally can't complain about that. But yeah, the LS600 is really nice. Yeah. Also, I, really I feel like that needs to be on this. It's not that expensive. Like, Compared to oh, I was adding on all the options on the on the Lexus. And I was like, huh, that gets pricey. It gets pricey, but it's like not German money. Oh, it's not. It's definitely not German money. It's like... not German money, and it's it's built to last like half a century. Yeah. And so, uh, again, Toyota. I guess they just don't care. But that is a car that they could use some motivation in selling. I feel like. And then they got a station wagon, which is the Outback. It's a class of one, so they had no choice. Even though they don't like Subaru very much, they had no choice yeah, it, but to put it in here. There is no one else. No one makes a long roof wagon, and the Outback is slowly being phased out as like not really a wagon anymore. Yeah, it's it considered keeps getting as taller SUV. and longer. Yeah. And uh, Volkswagen pulled out, so it's they're <laughs> on their own. I love the next section, which is the luxury station wagon. So they have yeah, the- which. A6 it's not R-Road. really a prominent segment. But they have the A6 R-Road, RS6, E-Class All-Terrain, V60, Cross-Country V60, and V90. This is all of the luxury station wagons you can buy. Every yeah. single one, minus Porsche and whatnot. But like, If you count those, yeah. But, but Mercedes only have different. the E-Class All-Terrain wagon. The E63 is no more. You can't buy an X. Uh, a V90 regular station wagon. So, like, they put everything on the list. Every yeah. single car. Then you got the, oh, electric car. I guess that's just the best electric car that I think, think of, which is a mm-hmm. Tesla Model 3. Luxury electric car is a Taycan. Luxury electric car, they also put the Taycan Cross Turismo. <laughs> Fine. Uh, and then they have the EQS as well, along with Another EQ. Oh, this is the Mercedes AMG EQS and the regular. <laughs> These two are literally the same car. They're not even like. <sighs> and then no Tesla Model performance S. Different. So the one that's not on here, I guess, is the Audi e-tron, but it is just a tank can. So. Oh yeah. No, the, the one that's not on here, which is very important, 
is a lucid air. Why is it not on here? It's Motor Trends Car of the Year. Yeah, so Car and Driver is Car and Driver. Motor. Everyone who's reviewed that car says it's better in the EQS, better in the Model S, but we can't put it on this list because Motor Trend already took that. We can't. We can't be on the same page. So we're going to recommend everything but what they recommended. Then they put Muscle Car. They have the Camaro. Mustang and Shelby GT500. But for the Camaro, it's only the ZL1. So, like, Odd. if you buy regular Camaros, you're not good enough to be on this list. But you can buy regular Mustang. That's okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Don't Affordable sports cars, they, they got the only three that you can buy, uh, which <laughs> is the Miata BRZ and the GR86. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sports cars, you got the Corvette, Boxster, Cayman, and Supra. Premium sports I think cars. That's everything too. Premium. Oh my god. Premium sports cars. They have the 911 list. They have the Porsche 911, <laughs> the 911 Turbo, the 911 Turbo S, the 911 GT3. What other 911s aren't there? That's oh, all. So this segment, premium sports car. I guess the sky is the limit here so because the, the, the Turbo S is GT3. Like these are over two hundred thousand dollars. So there's. I don't think there's a price cap in this category because this is the highest category they have. Now. They neglect to mention anything from McLaren. You know what it is. I bet it's got to do with like press fleets, and it's not so much about paying them off, but it's like, hey, that guy was really nice to me. He bought me Starbucks this year, (laughs) so let's put them on here. Uh, Okay, so the 911 list. I'm just gonna say, you don't buy a 911 four. Don't buy 911S. Don't buy 914S. Don't buy GTS and don't buy Target. No, no, those fall under the first one, which is just 911. Do they actually? Yeah, yeah, because (laughs) they don't say like Carrera or anything. So that is like all 911s. So anything from 911 is a good premium sports car. But that, like, I don't know how you can Uh, make a list like that and neglect everyone. The, The list from last year is exactly the same cars. Oh. Stel Passport. Yeah. Bronco, Passport, Palisade, Santa Fe, Sorrento, oh Telluride, CX9, <laughs> X5. It's exactly the same cars. Suburban, Tahoe, Yukon, X7. They oh, didn't... Oh, 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 mid-size pickup. Gladiator was on there last year. So they just changed the segment to exclude one what? car. Like they just downsized it to one. Heavy Duty had its own segment. No Raptor. No, Heavy Duty still has its own segment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, no Carnival, because Carnival wasn't available. Ah, so electric it's really, SUVs are you are pay limited. to be included on this list? Like they will change it's the, the size same, oh. of the list. Elantra fit. was here last year. It's the same Elantra. Elantra wasn't on the list this year. Oh, Golf was on the list last year. Guess they don't like the Golf Eight. No, it's a Taos now. They don't have a. That's a sport. They did put the golf because we oh, only have the GTI now. There's right. no base golf. You don't. You can't so they buy. They put base. it all on there. Oh, they uh, had the A class and the CLA last year for oh. entry level luxury compact. Wow, vehicle. this year none of the Mercedes made it on. Now oh, that's consistency. A... No, no, because it's A3, S3, and two series now. Yeah. So they eliminated Mercedes completely. Yep. For 2022, like they're still making the same cars. Yep. Like, this it's is not as good this year. List. It's just not as good. The mm. other cars that also didn't change are better. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. A7 E class A8, same thing. G90 S class, Outback, All Road, wow. E60, exact same. This this list is just such a joke. Also, like, once again, ZL1 Mustang and GT500, <laughs> Corvette, Miata. Oh, last oh. year's affordable sports cars didn't include the uh, BRZ and GT86. <laughs> but what's the premium sports car? 911 and a 911. Yeah, I like how they, this year they're like, you know what? We can have we have room for three yeah, premium sports cars. Let's, let's put let's add one on more 911 on the list. All right, I'm. I know we're going a little longer here than we really should, but I want to oh, take yeah. a look at 2018 or 2019 here. Stelvio Quadrifoglio. <laughs> they really like that car. Q7, X1, X2, X3, X5, Suburban. <laughs> Listen everything. It's the exact same vehicles. Transit. Oh, no, it Transit. Is. How did a Transit Connect get on your list? CRV. No, because in 2019, the Transit Connect was better than the Metris. But in 2022, even though neither car had changed, the Metris is now better. The IPs <laughs> made it on the list. Hmm. Gladiator. Gladiator's still on there. It's not like they didn't know the Gladiator existed. So the Gladiator was on there, but the... Oh, no. Did they put the Ridgeline? Let me scroll back up. Nope. Ridgeline. They did. There as they well. did. Yep. Okay. Sportage was better back then. Okay. Tell you. Urius. Lamborghini Urius is on this list. Yeah. CX-5, CX-9. Wrangler. I bet the Lambo guy was like, you guys can review the Urius. If you put it on your edit, <laughs> let me. And then next year they take it off. We didn't get an Urus in 2020. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Yeah. They they have <laughs> they have the kicks on here, which is actually one of our most liked vehicles. Mm -hmm. So don't mind that. Yeah. Oh, a scent. I oh. guess this. Oh, Forester. Forester was on there. Atlas, really? Yeah. A lot of Volvos. Yeah, you're right. I, as you scroll past Volvo, there's an ad for Volvo. <laughs> like, the Volvo right. is a long... There's two ads for Volvo. Yeah. Uh, so Volvo's been... I think I think that just about sums it up, which is you pay to play to get on this list. This yeah. list is worthless. Please don't review it. I don't know why we gave it half an hour of our time. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay, like... So just to recap, not a single Acura, Infiniti, Nissan, or Lexus product on this list. No Lucid Air, no Jaguar, no Land Rover. Uh, pretty shocking list, <laughs> but I guess I'm not shocked. It's I'm, I'm okay with some of those. Like Acura doesn't have a really compelling product. Why? How could the NX not be on a list? The NX is but, really, really but good. But the NX hasn't been released yet for the new one i guess it has i've already i did a dash cam on one last month oh yeah and that's me like that's not oh. what they have access to reviews well i don't have access to one again again they they put cars <laughs> on that argument does not exist because they put cars on this list that haven't really like made it to market yet either yeah. so that's so, true. so how could you not put the NX again? Yeah, the Toyota because the they BMW don't spend... IX. Oh, we're getting an ad for Mazda, which is why the CX9 made it on there. Oh, I, it's I'm okay with that. The CX9, <laughs> CX5, CX30, MX5. Yeah, Volvo. 
they couldn't they couldn't uh bs the uh, mx30 like that that would be too obvious <laughs> if they had put it on there so everything but the cx30 is on the list mx30 mazda or yeah mx30 yeah but everything is on there cx5 yeah 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 in the u.s they don't sell the cx3 so yeah, that can't and, be on the list and the six is no more so yeah, they killed out the six yeah every model of mazda is on the list minus the mx30 that is that is in can you imagine a review list where toyota doesn't make the cut anywhere except for the rav4 and the supra which they don't even make <laughs> is are the only ones on there and and every mazda model short of mx30 is like how no i, I feel like that needs to be our thumbnail for uh, this week's Ma- mazda paid me to say this but i think that that suits right yeah a mazda's every single mazda is better than toyota yeah yeah, yeah. I like my money from Mazda now. Actually, it's just hand out by <laughs> by PayPal. <laughs> uh, anyways, I think that's really it for today. We definitely got a lot longer than we should have, but thank you so much for watching and going through this hilarious list with us. Um, you know, we'll do it again next year. We'll see what's available. Yeah, it's I a good doubt. thing we pointed it out now. Uh, I, if the Sienna doesn't make it, if the Sequoia doesn't make it, if the Sienna doesn't make it back on. I and the Tundra doesn't make it on the list. Like, man, Tundra's not going to make it. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> In any case, thank you so much for watching and so much for listening. And we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care, guys. Catch you next week.